Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In the Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino here with Chris Martelli and Anthony Piniello. We got to start off with this, guys. Board man went home, but he didn't go to the Lakers to form that big three, that super team. He went to the Clippers because he wants to start it up and be the man over there in L.A., challenge LeBron. What do you guys think of this? I'm uh, I'm a happy man, but at the same time, I'm still sad because... I feel like he could have done a little more in Toronto. It's crazy to say because he did everything, but I feel like he could have. I think he could have stayed a couple more years. Maybe really would have, you know, solidified his legacy as the greatest Raptor of all time. But you know, I, I still think a lot of people are not upset at him. You know, he did everything for this, not even for like the team, but for like literally a nation. So I'm not really, uh, I'm not really upset that he left. I'm actually happy that he went to the Clippers. It brings a lot more balance to the league, finally. And um, the crazy thing is, now that I'm thinking about it, when he was just trolling everyone and waiting and waiting and waiting, you know what he was probably doing? He was probably calling up Jerry West and saying, hey, I'm coming to L.A., don't worry, but I need you to get Paul George. So he was probably doing that while everyone was waiting. So I didn't see Paul George leaving OKC because I saw Paul George... And Russell Westbrook, they had this chemistry this year that like I haven't really seen out of anyone else with Westbrook. Paul George had arguably the best year of his career this year. And I think he went up to the GM and he's like, I can't win with this team. You got to get me out of here. You got to get me, you know, just take me home. And, you know, both of these guys are Cali boys. They're both going home now. And I think it brings balance to the league because if Kawhi went to the Lakers, it would have been the same thing that we've been seeing for literally a decade. And that is the you know, the super teams. I think uh, this is the one instance where a superstar leaves Toronto and there's not like all hell to break loose and all that. Everyone's happy for Kawhi. I'm happy for him. It's very similar to the Tavares situation when he came home to play for the Leafs. Uh, Yeah, you know, one year we had him. He got us a championship, something that's never been done. I don't know how you can really be salty about that. So I like the situation. Uh, I'm excited to see him with the Clips. The thing, the one thing that really makes me scared of the Clippers is they got the two best two-way players in basketball. They got Paul George and they got Kawhi Leonard and they still also have Lou Williams coming off the bench and we saw what Lou did against Golden State alone in that game one. So are the Clippers better than the Lakers? I think defensively they're a lot better because just imagine this they're putting LeBron at point guard he's gonna go off okay let's say he passes Beverly Beverly. might have to oh he passes Beverly but then who's switching on him? Paul George. And once he gets past Paul George, Kawhi Leonard's going on him. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> if they score or manage to score, I still think the Clippers need a lot more off the bench. Uh, Lou Williams is great. He scores a lot. But on the games when he's a little bit cold, they're going to have to get rely on some other guys. So I think Shea Alexander going in the other way to OKC is a little bit of a blow. But maybe they can find someone on free agency that can come in and Give them some more minutes so they're not relying on Lou Williams too much off the bench. Well, again, I, I think also we heard rumblings of a Westbrook George to Toronto for Siakam, Van Fleet, and four first rounders. No, I think it was more than that. I think it was actually yeah. more. Yeah, I think it was five. Could have but, been until 2030. But um, would you have done that deal? No. No. Because if you're going to unprotected picks, give them. And some of them, they want to pick swap. So four would be unprotected. And then who knows how many pick swaps because – you see what Paul George got them. Just imagine the package. So 
I understand why Masai didn't do that because then you don't know in three years from now what if Kawhi says, you know, I can't play with Westbrook anymore. What the hell is this? I came here and I just want to Paul George and you got them both and it's not working out. And then you have no rookies and young players to rely on. So I understand why Masai did that. Three years or three months? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing with, with this whole thing with Kawhi going to the Clippers and Paul George, you know, uh, moving from OKC right after signing four years it just brings balance to the league and I'm kind of relieved because before the pod even went on air we were talking about like playoff teams and Pinello literally said there's a lot of seven to twelve or five to eight like there's a lot of teams where you don't really know who's going to come in first place and honestly if I had to do like a standings right now for next season I really don't know who I have in the top five, like in a specific order, as we have done over the last couple of years. Like, it's been so easy. Yeah. It's like, oh, Golden State's first, the Raps are first, the Bucks are first, Philly's up there, the Celtics. Like, like we were even talking about this all year. Every time we talk about basketball on our podcasts, in the East, it was always Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Raps. Yeah. Those are the only four that really were threats. And then in the West, it was like Houston, Golden State. And maybe Portland, maybe. Yeah. But now, like it's, you have Dallas who's getting better. The Clippers now, the Lakers. Um, you even have, like, I, there's so Denver, New Orleans, like Utah Portland, Utah. Yeah. There's so many teams. So it's going to be a very fun basketball season. I think it's going to be one of the more competitive leagues we've seen since maybe like, I don't know, like 07. Like it's going to be a really really fun ride because man. 2008, we saw Kevin Garnett, we saw Paul Pierce, and we saw Ray Allen and Rondo go to the Celtics. Two years later, we see LeBron go to South Beach. And, like, literally, that started just a trend of just super teams. And finally, we're not getting super teams, but we're getting super pairings on a bunch of teams. So I feel like that's a perfect balance, and I really do love what Kawhi's done. And here's a big question I want to ask. Is there anyone ever in the history of basketball won Three championships with three different teams. I believe okay. just yeah. one guy. And who is that? Our boy, Pat McCaw. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but God. Now, even when you look at like what Kawhi did here, I love it. Just troll on uh, LeBron. Say, yeah, don't worry, I'm coming. He just trolled the front <laughs> office make hard. Make sure the cap is there. Don't hold off on the trade. The four million. Hold off. I'm gonna come. You know who he and trolled he the most? Danny Green. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely called him. Hey man, uh, so you're going to LA, right? He's like, yeah, I'm going to LA. He didn't say which team. Oh, I'm going to LA. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna sign a 30 mil two year deal with the Lakers. You in? Yeah, man. I'm coming to LA. And he hangs up. <laughs> and then goes to the Clippers. I love Kawhi, man. I feel like he could do anything and no one would really get mad at him. He's that's a just, hero. That's literally just how it is. I feel like he could do whatever he wants. Even uh, I saw an interview with uh, with Davis. They interviewed Davis because Davis apparently was in contact with Kawhi. And he said, yeah, I was surprised. I thought he would come to us and he went to the Clippers. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, oh, I'm not mad, man. It's going to be better, more competition. And I'm like, okay. See, no one, no one hates on Kawhi Leonard ever. The only guy that hates on Kawhi Leonard is Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's two. but that's but that's because he's a Spurs fan and he he left so. But this whole thing though with uh, Kawhi, what he did now to LeBron. LeBron's probably thinking, I'll take a back seat to you if you come here. Don't worry. Kawhi's like, you know what? For that stupid remark, I'm gonna go to the Clippers. We're gonna share the arena. I'm gonna whip that ass every single time we play you, and I'm gonna go to the finals. 
Well, man, it's crazy what? too because everyone's saying when, if he went to the Lakers, they would have like the best big three of all time. But I'm thinking about it now, and like I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this saying this right now. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to me right now are better than LeBron James. So I don't I don't really know if the Lakers are gonna be ready for Leonard and George together because I, like a lot of people are saying that they play the same position and they do. But we all know that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they're two-way versatility. It will, it'll work. Yeah. They'll make it work. And, and more of a sport too. Like, yeah, like really we saw Kawhi this year. What he averaged, what twenty-seven, and Paul George averaged twenty-eight. So these guys can both score. Um, we all know that Lou Williams is definitely going to take a back seat now with touches and scoring. But man, I don't know about this Laker team. Like, when I'm comparing the two, I don't think they have a chance against the the Clippers right now. Just the level that Kawhi and George played last year was just. It was insane, man. Or you could even argue Paul George was an MVP candidate last year. It's just yeah, yeah. never know, especially with Westbrook there. So now oh. Patrick Beverly's got a lot of uh, passing to do. But Paul George, I think, out of this whole thing, he has more pressure on him than Kawhi because all the draft picks that went to from OKC or no from the Clippers to OKC, he's gonna have to live up to that. So I think there's more pressure on him to actually perform and score a lot more than Kawhi. Kawhi's just coming in to well, the, help them get over. The biggest question mark for me with this Clippers team is not only they have to go over this curse that they've had. I don't know how they've had this curse because they had Griffin, Paul, and Jordan. They couldn't win. And Paul George, for some reason, he can't win. He hasn't won anything. And I feel like him going to the Clippers and feeling this pressure, I hope that it really doesn't, like, it doesn't affect him because I want to see him win. I want to see him strive. But again... Like, I hope that the chemistry with him and Kawhi works because Kawhi is just – he's a boring – he's a winner. Yeah. Like, he just came to Toronto and just he just <laughs> won it all, first. whatever. <laughs> just did it all. So I hope he brings that that championship mentality and that winning mentality to Paul George because if that – if Paul George can start becoming clutch and winning titles, man, we got to start talking about Paul George being one of the best uh, in this uh, in this era because he's uh, he's very underrated, I think. What's the What's the window here for the Clips? He's got four years. Kawhi signed. Paul George now three years. So do you think within the next like couple years they'll make another prominent move? Not saying another like Kawhi or George will come in, but just another guy to solidify the top lineup. If anything, I would probably look for a point guard if I'm them because Beverly is 30 already and Lou Will is not a point guard, but here he's listed as one. So I mean, I don't really know because again, like nowadays it's becoming positionless like LeBron is a point guard and Ben Simmons is a point guard and like all these big guys can pass so um with the window it's tough to tell because again we don't know how good Atlanta is going to be in a couple years we don't know how good Memphis is going to be in a couple years we don't even know how good Dallas like Doncic could be an MVP we have no idea so um I think right now everybody's saying that the Clippers are betting favorites to win I think that's I think that's pretty accurate because you have Kawhi and you have Paul George and that's just that's insane the best two-way players in the game but yeah I'll say I'll say the window for me is three years and if they can't really win this season and next season I, I could see them maybe trying to get like a Giannis or trying to go all out and trying I'm to get a big that. free agent that's just Giannis is coming up here but before but before we leave before we leave basketball I just want to quickly talk about Russell Westbrook um after that trade, the package that he saw um, with the Raptors, he went to the front office and apparently he requested a trade right away because apparently 
the manager said to Westbrook that we will never package you in a trade. Mm. And when you say that and then you see that, you know, definitely the trust is gone. So Russell Westbrook, trust is gone. He requested a trade. I think it was earlier last night. And uh, apparently Miami is looking like an intriguing option. So if Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler are on Miami, where do you have them in the East? I think just after that tier of uh, Milwaukee 76ers. Because they're all kind of the same after those like two, three teams. So I'd have them right up there. I still think there would be like a border line six, seven. It's kind of like because they would have to get rid of a lot more. They would. And I just don't think they have enough depth to help them when those two guys need a rest, like one or two games off. So I think their first year won't be that great, but the second one will start becoming like a top five in the East. Regardless of who, though, is it finally time for him to move on? Yeah. Well, like I saw a post the other day and it just looked so sad. Like it was at first it was, you know, the big four. You had Ibaka, you had Durant, Harden and Westbrook. And then you go down to, I think it was, um, I think Ibaka left first. I don't really remember, but I know then it was Westbrook and Durant and Ibaka because Harden left for the Rockets. And then you had Durant and Westbrook. And then you had Westbrook and George or Westbrook and Oladipo. And then you had Westbrook and George. And now you have just Westbrook. <laughs> so I think it's time to move on. I think it sucks too because OKC has had a lot of superstars on their team. In the last five and years. And they have not done anything. I think they've won like – Okay, besides going to the, the, the finals, I think in the last four years, I think they've won like two series. So I think it's starting to like you, – if you're the manager, you got to really look and you got to say, is Russell Westbrook really a winner? Is he really a guy that I want to build around? And he made that package and, you know, there's consequences of trust and all that. So Westbrook is now upset and <laughs> I guess they got to pull the plug and they got to start fresh. He should take this as like a – a breath of fresh air, though, because he's given everything that he's possibly could to that organization. Oh, every, obviously oh yeah. they, they're not getting it done. So why wouldn't you want to go, you know, bet on yourself somewhere else? And he's been uh, there since they were Seattle. So he's been there a long time. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to lie here. I'm looking at their depth chart and like, let's say Westbrook stays the full year. I don't even know if they're making the playoffs. Like, they have Westbrook, they have Gil just now in the trade, and, like, Gallinari, and that's really it. They have no one else. Steven Adams apparently wants out, too. So, yeah. so I, I don't know with OKC. If Westbrook gets traded, then we may even be considering OKC a bottom five in the NBA. And that is a different look. <laughs> but, man, with that being said, we got to go to NHL. We got to talk about all these RFAs because they're starting to piss me off. There's been really no signings other than Aho and Meyer. Um, I still can't believe that Montreal only offered eight and a half to Aho. That's just that's dumb. But um, I want to start with the two guys on Winnipeg. I want to start with Connor and Line A because really there's been really no word about extensions, and it's getting to the point where it's like, is Line A really worth eight? eight-year, ten-and-a-half-million-dollar deal, and is Connor really worth around seven, eight mil? So, Sheffield Dave has a lot of stuff to do. And, um, yes, he got rid of Tyler Myers' contract, got rid of Jakob Truba, he got rid of a lot of salary. But he, like, I feel like he's not going to be able to sign both of them. Do you guys agree with me on that? I feel like it's not going to happen. So, yeah, it's a similar situation to what Toronto's in. We know all about that. Mm. They're still, like, you're making moves here and there, and it's good, but you're, 
you're still not done because you got to get the big fish or in their case big fish is signed and like people talk about line a now it blows my mind that he's the shittiest player in the league because he has he had such a brutal year <laughs> this guy when he came into the league you know 36 and then 44 the next year and he did have a shit year but i'm still betting on that guy nine days at a time yeah like I'm like I still think he'll get the five-year deal like a lot of these RFAs are leaning towards, but if you pitch like eight years, ten mil, I'd be fine with that. I'd probably give him that. I would give him five. Just make him happy. Don't already upset him and say, "Oh, we're going to extend you to eight, and then he'll get mad and say, "Okay, fine, I'll extend <clears> to eight, but after the third year, I want to get traded." So that could go down real quick. So I'd give him the five, eleven million is probably what he's going to want. It's just getting to the point now where wingers are asking for a lot more than what they deserve. And yeah. I'm not saying Line is shit. I'm not saying he's awful. I'm just saying it's concerning how much he fell off. It's very concerning. And, like, the only guy that gets in his head is himself. He's terrible with himself. He, he gets really down. His interviews are the best. And, like, <laughs> like I, I, I remember, like, all the guys on, like, like Leafs lunch like they literally will say yeah like Line literally beats himself up like if he doesn't score it like for a week he literally doesn't talk to anyone like he's like he's a disaster like he's literally a little kid so until he evolves and he actually gets past that characteristic I think uh I think I wouldn't give him a ten and a half million dollar deal because man like you gotta mature as an actual individual you can't be sobbing and being a suck if you're not going to score every like look at Ovi this guy scores 50 goals every single season and that like remember that little part in his career when everyone was saying oh he's washed up he's slowing down he had 32 goals and then and then 35 <laughs> I'll never forget that 2011 season he had 66 points and everyone's like oh is Ovi done is he, yeah he's, he's slowing down and then he has like Six of the last eight years is at 50 goals. So you got to kind of get past those slumps. And Line A right now is the character that he is. It's really affecting him. Because, man, like he had 18 goals in that one month, which is, I think, a record. Um, that's absurd. And then after that, it's like you're hitting posts. You're getting chances. Yes, they're not goals, but they're, you got to look at it as opportunities. You have to look at it as half full, not half empty. And that's what Line A's been doing. But yeah, man, if I'm Shovel Day off, I'm really – I'm going to go in that meeting and I'm going to talk to Line and be like, listen, you're a great goal scorer. You're one of the greatest goal scorers that we've seen in a while. We need you to mature as an actual person. We need you to look past your slumps because hockey's a sport and people go through slumps. Yes, McDavid, Kucherov, those guys really don't. But <laughs> no, like, there's not a lot of guys that are going to get 128 points in a season. That's just not going to happen. So – if I'm Shovel Day off, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go in the meeting. I'm gonna say, "Hey, we know what you. We know what you're about. You went second overall, 40 plus goals. Um, we're gonna offer you 10 million dollars for five years. We want you to mature with us. We want you to be a big part of our core, and we'll see what happens. Because guys, if Line starts like maturing and he's like a lot more confident with himself, he's gonna win the Rocket Richard Trophy. And um, I think if I'm Kevin Cheveldeff, I'm gonna take a, a waiver on the 10 mil anytime. I agree with Pinello. But then again, you gotta ask yourself, what is Kyle Connor worth when you look at all these these meetings? Cause Kyle Connor could easily go in there and be like, hey, I had more goals than line A this year. And I've been a consistent 30 goal scorer since I got drafted. So what are you gonna give me? And he could argue, he's arguably a better leader than line A. So like, I, yeah. I, I really don't know what he's off, what he's, 
asking for? Because, again, he's a winger. Like, I really don't know. I think him and Meyer are in a, a similar – what did Meyer sign for? He got six years um, – Six mil for four yeah. years. Yeah, it's a good. De- it's a good yeah. deal. The windows are around the same. Like Myers coming off a, a thirty goal, sixty six point campaign. Connor was around the same. I think that's a perfect uh, comparable actually, and he'll get around that money. But the problem for them is you got to get both of them signed. Yeah, and they're both RFA's, yeah. not UFA's, which is really unfortunate. But I want to quickly talk about Kevin LeBanc signing a one year deal worth one million dollars. What do you make of that? Is that like a is he like just taking a like you know like a, a pay cut just to stay with the team? Like I don't really understand he's, that. Yeah, he's doing them a favor for one year, and then after this year, if they don't win the cup with Joe he's Gordon, for five. And, yeah, Marlowe probably coming back, he's gonna say, okay, I did you that one favor, now I want seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go. I think this is gonna be bad if they don't win the cup. If they do, the other guys will retire. They'll go their separate ways, and they'll give them the money. But if they don't, they're gonna be in a bidding war, I think, with some other teams. Damn, man. You know what the crazy thing is? The Avalanche have $23 million in cap space, and they have to sign Burakovsky, Comfer, Kamenev, and Miko Rantanen. And you have $23 million in cap space. That is very doable. It's <laughs> doable, but I think Rantanen is going to be asking for quite a bit. <laughs> Maybe half of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you think he'll get? What did we say? He, he's coming off that? two years in a row over a point a game. <laughs> so I would say maybe nine and a half minimum. I think either way, though, the other guys, they're not going to demand a certain number to the point where you have to pull a Willie Nylander and it's going to no, go into the season. No, no. Definitely not Rantanen. Like no. Burakovsky will probably get you know a few mil here and there. Kamenev's still unproven. Who was the other guy? Comfer. Yeah, Comfer's a good player, yeah. but... Nothing that'll set them back, really. I thought Colorado, too, if they're in a position, they should maybe throw an offer sheet to someone's way. Because they do have all that cap space, and yeah, that's it's where I'm at. And then Tyson Berry, <laughs> the retaining half 2.5 mil of his salary. So that's... They're doing us a favor. Yeah. So if they had Tyson Berry, they would have to worry about getting him extended. And with Kadri being $4.5 for the next like two or three years, that actually gives them some leverage when they're negotiating with Rantanen but yeah I agree with you they should do an offer sheet who who would you have them offer sheet Kyle Connor oh who's a center Braden Point (laughs) (laughs) he's the big fish left he's the biggest fish left go with uh you can't you can't offer sheet him well why not because you have to sign Rantanen. And like, then McKinnon you can get it all McKinnon will (laughs) fuck him that's that's tomorrow's problem but Maybe Marner, just because the Leafs can't do it. No, they'll find I know they can use a yeah. center, but wouldn't you want to... If you see a team that can't do shit, why not fuck them over? I know they just did us a favor with Barry. Oh, so they... they contradicts what I said, but yeah. a team in that situation. I, I still I don't understand that trade, but <laughs> I'm a Leaf fan, so I'm happy. Um, but again, he is a UFA next year, and he's definitely not signing with us. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> unless, unless Muzzin walks... Um, I don't know, have a couple other forwards that walk. Nylander? They trade him? Maybe. That's like the only one of Janssen. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. We got Janssen and Kapanen back. Can we just trade Nylander? I'm sorry. Like, I feel like we, like he, we need to get rid of him. We need that, that nice defenseman. We need that defenseman. And then we'll win. I still like I'm sorry. Nylander. I know you love Nylander. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I feel like we need to get rid of him. I think now it's more, uh more realistic to say than it's been the last year or so because yeah they just locked up the two other guys 
right after they cleared all that space and everyone's like, okay, this is for Marner. And then Kapanen and Janssen, you're like, what the, how can you go out and say, this is our main priority and then make 15 other fucking moves. Yeah. The so thing that, uh, the, the thing that boggled my mind was that they both got 3.4 and I thought for sure that one of them was gone. I thought Janssen, or, I'm like, okay, one of them are gone. Okay. Now we, now we can come to the conclusion that Kadri four and a half mil gone, Brown gone. Hi, you got to remember Hyman's still there. Um, like Marner, like how much is this guy going to want? 11 and a half. Tavares, 11 mil. Matthews, 11 and a half. A lot of people are saying Nylander's contract is a gift for us. If he can have 75 points next year, that is a good contract. But I'm saying, you need, I think you need to get rid of one of the, one of those contracts. You have to. And the fact that Morgan Riley is getting $5 million a year <laughs> is an absolute gift. For another two, yeah. three years? I think, it's, that, I think it's two years. Yeah, we're good for that. Yeah. You know what pissed me off, though? Cody Ceci's getting over four now. The whole point of you trading for him was like, trade this guy, package him off, make that like a sign-and-trade type of thing. Why would you give him $4 million? I, I was on Ottawa. <laughs> I want to I say so. I never want to bash anybody like for being garbage or like I, – I, I don't like, vo- like being vocal about saying your shit, but – Four million dollars to Cody CC, a guy that hasn't really done anything, and he's art. I'm not even trying to be mean. He's arguably a poor man's gardener. So I don't know why you get you. Apparently he wanted five mil, and apparently Dubas is like, you're like you're in, you're in. Was he an RFA or a UFA? No, RFA. Yeah. So he literally was like, we're giving you four, and if we're not giving you four, we're gonna go to arbitration. And like I like I don't have time. So he literally was like, okay. Four mil, I'm happy. And it's like, you're not worth that. If we got rid of Zaitsev's contract, why are you getting four million back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like getting rid of Zaitsev was like such a big priority, and then you get the same contract right back. It's like what what was that? I don't mind it because it's just for the year and Zaitsev was for the next five. So I don't know if he's gonna be a, a trade deadline candidate or or if you're gonna give him No, he's on Ottawa. An extension. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, is he on Ottawa? Yeah. Oh CC, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. CC's gone. So for the year, it's whatever, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but do first. yeah do Marner first and then give it to CC and then I'll be okay. But I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of upset we didn't keep Hainsey. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of upset. He's old. They're going to love him in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah they are. He, like, I would have just offered him like one and a half, like one mil, like for one year. I got three and a half. Like he gets older, the minutes keep increasing. Yeah. Yeah. He's what's with him? Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> getting better too. He's a, he's a pretty good player, but. I got one more question. Like, Sandy Lilgren, are they playing next year? One of them, I think, will. Yeah. Cannot tell you which one. Maybe maybe Lilgren. <laughs> I would hope they play. God. I mean, because you got to remember, you have Muzzin, Barry, Riley, Dermott is the big four. And then after that, it's literally whoever. Like, you have Marinson they signed. You have Hall or whatever his name is. You have uh, we got rid of Rosen. We have Borgman. We have Lilgren, Sandy. We have all these guys that are battling. I'd love to see the the young guys come up and play. You know what? Dermot's missing the first month too. So yeah. you think he's still in? What did he have? Uh, shoulder surgery? It was during the playoffs. I can't remember now, but mm. like multiple months he's out. And Hyman's out until February, I think. Yeah, towards ACL. Yeah. It looks good. Loves still his family. Played, yeah. Out there, yeah. <laughs> he said he was getting better. Did you say February. Yeah, oh shit! Yeah, he tore his ACL. I wouldn't want to All right, Trevor him. Moore, first line. Let's go. <laughs> I love Trevor Moore. I think he's a great player. Jeremy Brock. So we're gonna look different. That's the takeaway here. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. 
I just want to like, what do you think Austin Matthews can do in a full year? Just, just want to witness it. I know it's yet to happen because the contract kicks in now. Yeah, true. <laughs> and you got NHL twenty, so I want you to get a hundred points, please. I was please, say like forty-five and forty-five, or you'll do a stat like that. Yeah. So 90. So usually his goals are very like on par uh, on par with his assists. He doesn't have like 30 more assists than usual. Well, the first year he had 40 and 29, but he was a rookie. So then the next two were kind of, you know, like 30 and 30 and missed fucking 25 games, something like that. I think it was last year he had 32 and like 60. <laughs> oh man. And then the year before that he had 30 or like 32 and like 50. Didn't he have 32 and like 57 two years ago? Like he was like yeah, His goal scoring per game is retarded. Just got to <laughs> stay healthy. That's been uh, – everyone's been calling him soft. Like this guy's like 6'2", 210. Like, His game is kind of soft. but uh, I don't think you have to run guys though. No, he doesn't have to run guys. But like I would – like the game we went to, like you got to go in the corners. Like you got to battle with McKinnon. Like you got to do that. Like he doesn't that do that. Score, I'm good. That was just <laughs> so an off good, game. <laughs> yeah, that was – okay, so he, uh, yeah. he uses his body though. Yeah, like to like, like to lean in, yeah. Opitar, yeah, like something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, it's That's what I was if if that guy like improves, like if he gets more like aggressive, and he's healthy for a full year, I will then consider him a top five player in the league. Um, he's already on that pedestal. A lot of people have already said he's a top three player in the league, and it's like you know what? No, he's not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he is because honestly, he hasn't had a health. He's he hasn't been healthy since his rookie year. And um, there's just been guys that have just been flat out better than him. Like I could even say Shifley's probably been better than him. Shifley, you have McDavid, you have McKinnon, all these great guys that played for North America. Oh, oh, I remember that. <laughs> what a time. Yeah, that was a, that was a great time. But uh, moving forward, arbitration is a very fun time for, for GMs. Very fun. Jordan Bennington is the newest member going to arbitration. What do you think he's getting? Because you know what I think he's going to get? I think he's going to get a one-year, $7 million deal. That's what I'm going to predict. Went to, did not know they went to arbitration. So yep. like, I guess the five-year, five mil, whatever we said before is out the window. He wants more, apparently. So whenever this happens, yeah, it's a one- or two-year year deal, and we'll figure it out later. So Guess who else is going to arbitration? And I'm right. Like I said before, Jakob Truba. Oh. Again. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Which, like, if I'm the Rangers, I traded for him. Why is why is he going to arbitration? Is it because of the Panarin deal? Like, is that why? Like, I don't understand. Okay, with that, I'll still say he gets a seven or six year deal or something. But I hope. But it, like arbitration's case, it's yeah. usually a one year eight mil or one year <laughs> seven mil. Like, it's usually that. So that's depressing for them. They don't want that. Just lock him up and just give him what he wants. Hasn't that been true for the last three years? They should have had an agreement before they traded for him. We'll call him Mr. Arbitration. <laughs> they should have known that was happening. I'll give you a conditional pick in case he pulls this shit again. <laughs> okay, out of all the RFAs that are still left, Point, McAvoy, all these gray RFAs, can you see any of these guys going to arbitration? Knowing how valuable they are to the franchise. All the RFAs? Yeah, because I can't. No way, I can't. Because, like, you got to think, Braden Point is arguably a franchise player. McAvoy, Wierenski, all these other guys. Like, you're telling me you're going to go in a meeting and say, yeah, we'll get you one year? <laughs> like, you're 21 years old, 22. Like, 
arguably in the prime now. Like, we used to say prime was like 28. No now it's like anymore. now it's like 21, 22, whatever. So like you're looking across the table. It's like, yeah, we'll give you one year, eight mil. Like if I'm them, it's like, all right, I'm getting the money I want. But like, what do you look like? Do you look at me as a like, that's when that's when young players start questioning their role. Like as players, it's like, am I really your franchise guy? Or am I looked at as like a win now guy? Use me, kick me to the curb after. Like, I I really don't know. Because we've seen that before with a lot of players. So like, like we saw with Brandon Saad. That guy was a part of that team, and then it's like, okay, you want this much money later? See ya. Have a good one. Like he, then he went to Columbus, came back, and like he's doing nothing now. Like he's not that good anymore. It's <laughs> it's so sad. But I want to talk quickly about Chicago because they like I don't know how they got Robin Leonard. I still don't know how they got him. They got Robin Leonard. They got Corey Crawford. They got DeBrinket. They got Kane. They got they got all these guys. They just signed Kirby Doc. Does he play next year? Because they are very confident that he's playing. They signed him very quickly. Very quickly. He might be one of those guys that he'll go through training camp and he may make the team out of camp, play like nine games, and then send them back. I don't think there's any rush to put him in. No. They got Dylan Strom there, so. I don't know, like, if the Hawks are all in or not. Like, it seemed like the rebuild was, like, six months. (laughs) Like they literally, have these, it's literally a season. Like, yeah, they have all these guys. Kane and Taves are still there. Keith is still going at a high rate. He's not putting up fifty anymore. But well, you got to look at what they did though. You said how much did Taves have? Eighty-five this year, career year. He was in the high seventies, but yeah, career year. And then Kane had hundred ten. Wow. So like, as long as you have Kane and Taves, I guess there's no such thing as rebuild. No. Like with Crosby, Malkin, there's really no such thing as a rebuild. But then you have McDavid and Drysaddle. They're never going to be on that level. So. Unless they start winning, but I don't really see that because they don't have shit. They don't have a winger. They have nothing. Where does Pulley RV go? Anywhere. A KHL. <laughs> Anywhere. AHL, KHL, whoever takes them. You know who's another guy that's been a, a flat-out disappointment? Valerie Nishushkin. Oh, man. God. Just, uh, man. God. Out. Remember Yager said he was going to be the best in the world at some point? 2013 man when i saw his like draft videos this guy looked like a freak yeah i'm like this guy's gonna body everybody and then he comes in the league and he can't score a goal the second i saw him play i immediately thought rick nash this guy's gonna be amazing yeah either they was i think it was him or jamie ben they were comparing i'm like well jamie ben just won the art ross so huh there you go and then he's gonna be unreal leading the team after a year it didn't happen even honka bullies people and then so look at they have bad draft picks. <laughs> they drafted Denis Gurianov, they drafted Julius Honka, no. and they drafted Nishushkin. They don't like those North American kids, it looks like. But they got Heiskanen, so you know, there it is. There it is. <laughs> One pick after Honka. Remember who it was? Wait, is this twenty fourteen? I think yeah, fourteen. Uh East 14. East? Yeah. Fourteen. I'm trying to think. Nah, I, it's it's gonna come to me. 14, 14, 14. Ealers. No. Larkin. Larkin. Oh. Wait, you have he him, second line center. Him and Sagan. You're oh fucking sad. Honka went 13th or 12th. Honka went 14th, and then Larkin went in the middle. Okay, so I'm I'm not thinking of Honka. I'm thinking of um, Yolevi. That guy's done nothing. Oh, that's amazing. like they nothing. Dro- they dropped in that draft too again, Vancouver. Yeah. I'm so upset with that because, like, even Steve said, he's like, yo, Levy's going to be great. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, nah, he's not that good. He's not that good. 
he was solid in the with the World Juniors when they had that stellar team with Rantanen and Pugliarvi and Line and Aho and fucking Kapanen. And then after that, it's just I haven't really heard his name. I just don't understand how you can be so good in juniors and like Finland or wherever, and then you come to the, and you literally don't improve anything. Like Pugliarvi has not improved anything. He hasn't improved his IQ. His skating is like it's okay. It's not that good. But like again, like you say, like. When you look at him play, he looks lost. You look at him, it's like, wh- you were so good. What happened? So you remember watching Yakupov and just seeing him like, run around the ice? Yeah. Like, you look like you're doing so much, but you're doing nothing. <laughs> it's, it's a shame because so much skill is there. and uh, It happens sometimes. The thing that actually like makes me question my knowledge is when I watched that Finland team, I thought he was their best player. I, like they had Pulyarvi, Rantanen, Line, all these guys. I'm like, Pulyarvi's gonna be the best one. What happened? Like, like Rantanen's <laughs> getting 90 points. Line's getting 40 goals right off the bat, and then there's Pulyarvi. Like, what happened? Even like Kapanen too. Yeah. Kapanen's <laughs> way better than Pulyarvi. I don't know what happened there? So Columbus taking Dubois then was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, this me and this guy are laughing. We're like, we're like, why would they take Dubois? Pugliarvi's there. And now it's like, I'm looking back at it. I'm like, Jesus, what was I thinking? They want him to play yeah. center. He's not even a center. And he's been great at it. There's only there's only two drafts that I fucked up the last, like, I don't know. Like, like I'm pretty good with drafts. I fucked up Jalil Okafor in the NBA. I thought he was going to be amazing. Awful. And Pugliarvi. I thought he was going to be special. Nothing. Man. Nothing. We all did, though. Like, he was coming in so hot yeah. and then just dull. He was second all year. It was just because of Line's emergence. That's why he went, like, fourth. So I'm like, okay, Paul Yarvi is this guy's a fucking 6'4", 200 pounds at 18. Like, he's going to be great. No, can't skate. Can't <laughs> skate. But, like, fuck, man. Then you have Braden Point now. This guy's going to probably want 10 mil. Like, do you – do you offer him 10 mil if you're Tampa Bay? I think points the one guy. If he says a number, I'm just saying, yeah, fuck, here you go. Yeah, he's he's solid. That guy, like, he's Bergeron, but way faster. And he's like skilled. a mix. Yeah, I, I read that he's like a Bergeron and a Barzell put together. It's anything he wants. Comes, <laughs> I want 15 mil. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, we'll Team Canada. Got, we got you, buddy. Team yeah. Canada. We'll Captain. ship the next guy that comes in the room, and we'll give you that. Do you remember when he was captain of Team Canada? We all kind of laughed. And I laughed. Yeah, I was like, who is that? And then you're like, oh, yeah, he's a third rounder for Tampa. I'm like, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, put up 100 points <laughs> and wherever. Everyone does, though. So. Yeah. In junior, that's like the thing. <laughs> you're not getting 100 points. You're going to the NHL. What are you doing? You've only got 95 and 40. <laughs> it's not enough. I just, I don't, I don't understand. Um, I don't know what players are going to be asking for. That's like the very exciting thing for me. Like, I, I, I feel like. Brandon Point will even say, I'll, I'll get six mil. Like We saw Montreal with that offer sheet. It was laughable, and it was at eight and a half, which is a lot of money, but like, it's not going to get it done for any of these guys. They're all going to be double digits, I think. Okay, like so I just want to do this quickly. I want to play this game with you guys because like, it's just we have, to, we have to do it. We have to do it. So out of all these guys here that are RFAs, defensemen, who would you rather have, Orensky, McAvoy? Long term. I'm going to take Wierenski. Why? 
I just feel like I've seen more out of him, and McAvoy's still kind of a unproven X-factor. He played the, the one year, and he came in hot in the playoffs. Just feel like Wierenski's better two-way option. Double-digit goals three years in a row. Solid. I'm, uh, I'm going to take him. Wierenski, easily. I'm easily. McAvoy plays with Chara and all those guys. Like, they're sheltering him. Wierenski's a warrior. I like him. We got a Leaf fan here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking, not biased at all. I'm <laughs> taking Wierenski, too. Um, if I had to really, like, build a team around a defenseman, though, call me crazy, it's Seth Jones right now. Yeah, that's that's, that's I think like a lot of people are looking at. Okay, uh, you know what? Forget what I just said. <laughs> Top five D, under twenty five. Gotta that's do a, this. Yeah, that's a whole week. Okay, okay. How about not under twenty five? How about your top five D right now? Just in the whole league. In the whole league. Because for me, Seth Jones is he's up there. <laughs> I have uh, I have Roman Yossi up there. Okay, yeah, he's good. That's why they got rid of Subban. That's all I could say right there. I mean, yeah, like if I'm David Poyle, I'm looking, I'm like, this guy's a UFA a couple of years. So uh, I don't care what he's going to do. As of right now, Brent Burns for me, either one or two. Just no, everything that he's Burns. been doing the last, literally since he's gone to San Jose, he's just skyrocketed for me. He's uh-huh. 35 years old. He still put up 70 points last year. He plays half the game. Chris isn't a fan. He's making some <laughs> fucking facial expressions here. Burns. Yeah. Are we going with over 35? Because <laughs> they got him for eight more years. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying just right now. Oh, okay, right now. If not you're not saying like what I want that contract, I'd probably say, like, fuck off. Like, no way. But I just look at what he's doing right now. I don't know how you can go against a guy like that. Would you put Morgan Riley up there? Maybe not top five, not yet. Offensive defenseman, absolutely. Yeah, 20 goals, 70 points. You can argue he's playing with all these guys, but like most of those guys are in that situation. Like, if there's superstars all around the league, I don't want to hear you all. He's passing the puck to Marner and Tavares. Like, yeah, McAvoy's passing to fucking Bergeron and Pasternak. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have him there yet, but he's slowly getting there. I would put Shea Weber still in that uh, category, top five, and when he's healthy. When he's not healthy and he has to, like, do too much defensively it's not that great but Shea Weber on the power play five on five he's one of the best I think still went healthy so he played like half the year he still had a like a good chunk of points he still yeah. had like 10 goals in 40 games or something like over 20 goals at one point in Nashville like that's a guy you want on your team we were going we said Burns and uh Weber so you're what yeah <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the board. I'm gonna say that my like I think the best defenseman in the league right now, hands down, is Seth Jones. And I, I I'm only I'm only gonna say that because when you look at what he's done the last three years, he just keeps getting better every single year, putting up more points. His role is getting increased. This guy is just the real deal. Like fourth overall, 2000 and th- 2013. A lot of people said that that was the steal, and I completely agree with it. Way better than Jonathan Drouin, arguably more more of more of an important player in the league than Barkov right now. But Barkov is still a freak. Yeah, a and um, uh, but Seth Jones to me is arguably the best defenseman in the in the NHL. And you know people will probably bash me for that, but like I I think he's got all the talent in the world. He's now he's proven he's done it three years in a row. And um, it's a shame that. Uh, that uh, who the hell had him? Who drafted him? Uh, it's a shame that they had they had to trade him. It really is a shame because 
this guy's a gem. Do you think it's uh, you think it's too soon though to put him in that number one spot? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe not number one, but I will put him in the top five easily. Uh, I'll say maybe three. I know Victor Hedman for me might be number one. Uh, he's yeah, yeah, missing someone. Yeah. yeah, like like Vic, Victor Hedman, everything that he's done. Like even when he was getting drafted, a lot of people said he was he had around the same hype internationally as John Tavares when he got drafted. And ever since he's just come in the league, he had a reduced role at the beginning of his career, you know, being behind guys like Strawman and Dan Boyle and all these other guys. And then when Boyle left, it's like, Hedman, you're going to be our guy here. We're going to give you 25 plus. And ever since he had that, I think, 55 point season, it's just been he's been the crazy thing with Hedman is he's been getting better offensively every year and he's getting better defensively every year. So. And he's only like 28, so I think he might be the best defenseman in the league. Uh, we're all big fans of Petrangelo. He's been up there for the last, you can argue, the last 10 years since he's come into the league, really. He had his rookie um, year, and then he put up 45 in his second and ever since I'm then. Gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think David Backus leaving and them giving Petrangelo the C is arguably the best thing they've done for that franchise ever and I, they've done they had al mckinnis chris pronger brett hall a lot of these names but man petrangelo's gonna go down as one of the greats with that franchise especially now that they won like he's yeah, yeah. he's up there for me too yeah they had gretzky for three months good play <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um but like i, I want to just specifically focus on now centerman and i want to talk about the top five because then this is tough yeah. top five centers in the league McDavid and McDavid's one. one, Crosby's two for me. Maybe McKinnon's two. I think, yeah, I would go McKinnon too. Are we counting out Sid as the best player in the world? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> my list is McDavid, Crosby right now. That's always how it's going to be, one, two. But, man, like, McKinnon is right there. He's right behind Crosby. You can't, come on, you can't. You're a McKinnon guy. You can't like he's done everything for Colorado. Did you ever think that other kid from Cole Harbor would pass Sidney <laughs> Crosby? Uh, no, I'm but looking at it from like six years ago. Well, remember what you said when he got drafted? Oh, we had to compare it with Stamkos because we can't put Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. with McDavid, didn't they put Crosby? They did. Yeah, they broke the rule for that. Well. A lot of people are even comparing him to Gretzky. Oh, you remember shit. that when he was 14 and all those videos of him online just killing it in house league and just ruining <laughs> kids going around. I remember they were saying this kid could be Gretzky, and when we were in high school, I'm just like, okay, sure. Then three years go by, like this guy's insane. He's playing at 15 years old in the OHL, just killing it over there. I really don't even have a list. That's the crazy thing. I'm doing this all on the top of my head. I mean, I have McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon are easily three. Those are the big three. And then you could even maybe have Shifley. I don't know. Like, Shifley could maybe be there. You have Matthews creeping. Um, Malkin is always going to be there. He's always going to be undervalued. That's the crazy thing with Malkin. It's like, there's been some years I've looked at Malkin. He's been better than Sid. Yeah. And no one talks about that. So He's not Canadian. So, Mal- so Malkin, Malkin <laughs> even Malkin being left off the top 100 players is an insult. When Don Cherry says you should have been on it. Yeah. And he's not. Don Cherry. Yeah, it's, a problem. yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's just it's just something like it's just something I can't even like I can't do it I can't deal with it because oh you just see what he's done like how do you not put him in there yeah and his career like he won two he's done everything in the league man he's won 
what that year he got injured, Crosby, he had a hundred and like ten points, fifty goals, carried the team, carried them, and no one talks about that season. I don't like every time I talk hockey with someone other than like us. No one talks about that season with Malkin. Nobody. No one talks about it. It's like, oh, like, did you forget about 2010 completely? Like, you forgot about that, Malkin? Like, did you just – or did you forget about the Malkin his whole career? Like, 04 yeah. to now. They say, oh, yeah, Jordan Stahl on the second line. What do you do? Like, he's been in the league for 14 years. Yeah, and he's still at a high level. Three cups. Three. He's got three cups. Got an MVP, right? MVP, yeah. He won the Hart Trophy that year. And no one talks about, like, how is he not in the top 100 players? It's because of the other guy yeah. that's there. It's all on him. <laughs> Sid? Yeah. Well, look at Malkin's stats, though. He's been point per game every single year, except this past year. He may be the more dangerous player than Crosby. Yeah. Offensively, yeah. yeah. Like, he may be. That's it's terrifying. I still think Crosby's the best overall player in the league. Yeah. So, as of right now, I'm taking Sid number one. I like McDavid. Now, here's the thing. After Ryan O'Reilly's year, where do you have him? Hovering around the top ten. Oh! He's a hockey player. I like him a lot. Do you think O'Reilly could potentially be better than Kopitar and Bergeron next season? Maybe Kopitar, just because the Kings are falling off at a fucking steady pace. Yes, they are. (laughs) Bergeron, kind of like Taves the last two years, just seems to get better. The, the, yeah, he does. His line mates are obviously <laughs> helping. That's, that's an ideal situation. Yeah. And, you know, now, now that he's finally healthy, he's putting up 75 points a year, and he's that two-way centerman that everyone knows and loves. So you can make the argument Bergeron's like three. Cause you like, could. You really could. The Bruins go far every year, too. They have a Stanley Cup. He's done amazing stuff with Team Canada. As much as I hate to give him credit, he is one of the best in the league and has been for a while. What about Dreisaitl? That's a guy. That, he's a monster. Make the fucking yeah. playoffs, and then we'll have this conversation. Well, that one year they did, him and McDavid carried like a lot. That whole team, they're a disaster. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's another one. Him and Stamkos, a lot of people throw that around. Who would you rather have on your team? Like I don't remember where I heard this, but someone was saying, oh, yeah, Stamkos gets all these points, but in the playoffs you don't really see him. Dreisaitl is this big monster, and they're saying, like, uh, would we trade Stamkos or Dreisaitl? I think I wouldn't right now, but in a few years, Dreisaitl could be like that dominant center that Edmonton would say, we stole him at $10 million. The biggest question for me with Edmonton is, out of the two guys, who's going to be the first to to ask to leave? McDavid. Because, no, McDavid, you, <laughs> McDavid, I feel like you can't trade. Did you see how sad he was when he got... I remember, team. yeah. I he remember. Hated it. So he was like, I'm going to play with Kessel and JVR. I'm set. You're going to Edmonton. <laughs> I'm going to play with Taylor Hall. All right. Yeah. But then you know what was going to happen. That was a fun <laughs> 60 games. And then they ruined it. Oh, now, here's my big question Who would you rather have, Point or Barzell? I'm going to give it to Point, but that, that can easily go either way. Those are two of the guys who you're going to see for the next. However many years. Many years. Oh, yeah. You know, they're... they're The crop of young guys in the league are unbelievable. Those two are fit right in, and they are both amazing. Is Point <laughs> I, older than... Uh, uh, by a year. By a year. Yeah, so um, but, yeah. but, but Point has that defensive game that yeah. Barzell does not. He doesn't have that. You think that'll come with Barzell, though? It'll just take a little more yeah. time? Yeah, and when it does, watch out. <laughs> when it does, Barzell will be considered a top... 
a top 10 player in the league. I'm not even kidding, man. Like this guy, what we saw in his first year, yes, he was playing behind Tavares and, you know, played with Tavares on the power play. But the fact that when we were doing our fantasy stuff last year or two years ago, we didn't even have him making the team. And he comes in training camp, makes the team, barely makes the team. I think the first nine games, he was third line. I, I remember vividly his line mates was Matt Martin and someone else on the third line. And then all of a sudden the season starts. He's paired with Andrew Ladd and someone else. I think it was Josh Bailey. And lo and behold, Bailey has a, 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 a career year and Barzell got 86 points. So More than Tavares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, sky, so sky's the limit for this kid. And uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I don't know if I would take uh, – right now I'd take point, but – Barzell, I think yeah. I think Barzell has a higher ceiling, and um, but again, moving forward, I just want to talk quickly about the Stamkos Tavares comparison because we've been talking about this for years. Who's the better player, Pinello? I'll start with you. Shit. Because wow. man, you know how many times I've switched. I always used to tell this guy, "Oh, Stamkos is the second best center in the league," and then like two years later, I don't know, I might have Tavares. Like, I don't know. It's a tough that, one. Uh, I think that just shows how amazing they are. We keep going back and forth every year, and they went first overall 08, 09, and they're always going to be linked together somehow. I'm going to take Stamkos by a – so close. But, like, they're, they're such different players. Different. Uh, yeah. I got to take Stammer. It's such a – by a hair at all. I'm going Tavares because Stamkos was an elite, like, unstoppable player until he broke his leg. And then after that – it's took a lot out of his game. He's not as explosive as he used to be. And the Leafs that year when they offered him like $12 million for whatever to come here. He I turned think, it down yeah, for 8 mil. The best thing that happened to him. Because then the next year they got Tavares, at least for 11. But they saved their whole like, complexion of their salary cap. Because Matthews would have looked at $12 million. And you'd have been like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I least, want 14. <laughs> at least with Tavares there, like he's getting, he's producing, he's there every night. He's good two-way player, so that helps the Leafs, I think. So yeah, Tavares. I think I think for now I'm gonna go with Tavares, but the reason I'm going is based on skill set, and I think Tavares is the more skilled centerman, and um, I think Tavares right now I'm looking at it, I think he's a bigger X factor. But what Stamkos has done. 60 goals you know i love stamkos one of my favorites um how can how can he not like this guy does it he basically does it all the one thing that has impressed me with stamkos over the years i never saw him as an assist guy and now he's just he's 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 become a great playmaker and not a lot of goal scorers can do that you can't go from a goal scorer to a playmaker and we're seeing it like right in front of us so um i don't know it's a very close call but would you guys have shifley over both those guys. No. Just for like a one-year kind of thing? What are we talking? Just preference. If I'm looking towards the future, yes. then probably, because Shifley's only 25 and he already has a couple 90-point seasons under his belt. Freak. I just want to see if he can lead a team all the way. I'm not putting all the pressure on him, but... I think that is what is separating Shifley from, like, McKinnon yeah. and them right now is, like, him leading Winnipeg to something special. Because you look at the regular season and Shifley is, like, he's going to be top 10 every year. He's yeah. one of those guys. But, like, and then the playoffs come and then a few of them disappear and then it's always... The only guy that upset. doesn't disappear is Blake Wheeler. <laughs> he doesn't disappear. If you look at all of their goals, like Lainey's and Shifley's, 
everything runs through Wheeler. That guy... <laughs> I think it's a, the points they get. I wouldn't, but if you're going with McKinnon and against those two guys, I'm taking McKinnon. Oh, easily. Easily. All right, clean sweep. Nate the Green. But the one thing that I need to really focus on is if Shifley were to win a cup, do you put him in that, like, McKinnon conversation? Because, man, he could fucking play Shifley. Like, I feel like no one really talks about him that much. I think uh, I am biased, so just a little a tear under. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't argue that if, you know, you're getting all these points every year in the season and then you finally do win the cup. How are you not talked about as one of the elite centers? I just feel like if I was a GM, that's like one of the centers I'm gunning for right away is Shifley. Like, he's the guy I'm really gunning for. Well, he's on one of those... Uh, even Couturier. Like, I love that guy. Him, McKinnon, and Monaghan, when they all signed, they signed for like six mil. That's yeah. amazing. And you look at it now, they're all getting close to 100 points, and their deals are going to be up in like three, four years. What do you think they're going to ask for? Well, we, we talked about the Matt Kachuk signing. Like, Goudreau's getting 6.7, and that guy just had 100-plus and he broke Jerome McGinley's record. So, like, oh, I mean, like, score. yes, scoring was up last year. But you got to just look at what Goudreau does. Like, he literally runs the team. And Matt Kachuk's leadership, yeah, he's a pretty good leader. And he's gritty. And he could score. And he had, I think, 70 points this year. He's going to want probably 7 mil, maybe 8 mil. And um, when Goudreau and Monaghan are up, that's going to be a problem. So, like, again, like, I want to go back to this whole idea of the RFAs. And they're asking for this big money. It's going to change the league. And it's going to affect a lot of players. And a lot of GMs are going to be uh, getting gray hairs a lot sooner rather than later. Kyle Dubas, I'm looking at you. Because, man, like, I just want to, like, why can't Martyr just sign for, like, eight, eight and a half? Why do you have to ask for 11? Good local boy. Just sign for five over five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then after, like, other players will see that, and then they'll say, okay, I'll sign for three years, and then when Seattle's in the league, they'll pay me. <laughs> now, I want to ask you guys this question before we stop with hockey. Yeah. Who is the guy? Like, I'm not talking about, like, bad contracts as, like, shit players. I'm talking about bad contracts with good players. Who do you think is the most overpaid when you look at, like, superstar players? Can you start this? Because for me, for me, it's an easy one. It's an easy one. He's not proven at all. It's an easy one. It's Jack Eichel. Oh, oh yeah. It's Jack Eichel. <laughs> I, I agree. Ten and a half mil, not doing much. Gets handed the C. They don't do shit still. Um, fired the GM, fired the coach, fired everything. everyone. They even fired Phil Housley, I think, yeah. again. And he, well, he was... Bad. It's not my fault. Just yeah. take care of that. <laughs> like, he goes to the owner. Hey, he's done. Oh, <laughs> And you know who else I think? He just signed it. Artemi Panarin. Don't think he's worth that much oh, money. Was it 11.4 yeah. for 7? He's a stud, though. I don't think he's worth that much money. He's 28 already. Or, or 29. I don't think he's worth that much. I don't, I don't want you guys to shoot me. Fucking About that contract. I didn't like it. It's five years, sure. But like 11.5 for playing two years or three years in yeah. the league. Like, I really don't care who you are. I don't think anyone should get that money right off the bat. I think it's just they were, they got kind of scared. Like they looked at like what he does, and like the fan base is just like they they've grown to love him. So it's like we're just gonna give you whatever you want. But then again, you got to look at what happened with Marner. Marner might be even more loved than Matthews. But yeah, he grew up here, and he only just wanted to play here, and he played here. His agent yeah. though is uh, starting to slowly turn that opinion. Though <laughs> the more he 
talks. I don't know. I, I just want to know what the mentality is with these agents, like going into these meetings. Because even with Nylander's agent, like it was a friggin' disaster. Like they were offering him like what he got around six. And this guy was asking, apparently I heard like at one point it was like eight and a half, nine. I'm like, you put up 60 points. You're not getting nine million dollars. <laughs> the agent wants two million. So he's going to say, I give him nine. So I get two. The agent's being greedy. Most money possible. So the agent can get the biggest yeah. percentage. And the player gets nothing. You know who I would have said a couple of years ago with the contract they shouldn't have deserved? Dreisaitl. I think but, we're all in that. Uh, yeah. But now, but now. Because uh, he had the one good year. Even Ekblad, without too. McDavid, remember he had like seventy without McDavid, maybe a little under that. It was fifty nine his uh, his first full year. It was pretty good, and then the second year he fucking exploded. Bye. <laughs> and then his third year, fifty goals, one hundred three points. Missed the not too bad. Yeah, missed the. <laughs> was that the first time in history where two players on the same team, hundred points, missed the play? I think that was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when, you're, when your best D is arguably Evan Bouchard going into this year, like I don't really know what to and tell you. And Sekera, he was good. Isn't he on Dallas now? Yeah, yeah. They bought him off Edmonton. Oh, my God. Well, with that being said, we got to move to the ring. And uh, I want to talk quickly about the, the duo, the dynamic duo, the man and the, and the man. The two men there. You got Becky and you got Seth Rollins. Just can you make two red belts and give them like the tag titles too? Because they're always together, and uh, it's starting to piss me off a bit. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Remember on Remember when this? I said you didn't see Michelle McCool come out with an urn and like the with the Undertaker? This is getting sickening. Such a stop. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Like, two people, two programs. Now you have to make it a tag match, winner take all. It's starting to get to the point. I want Brock Lesnar to come out and cash in on both, take both titles. It's so winner take all. <laughs> so we're looking at a Brock face turn. Yeah, I think that if he does it now, I think the crowd, you'd be surprised at the reaction. Even more than if he cashes it on Shane, but I think just end this misery. Well, what, what would you do if he came out, cashed in, brought like a random girl out, be like, here, here's your title, take it. Take this his fucking wife. title from me. <laughs> Sable. Yeah, bring his wife. <laughs> 53 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I got to just quickly say, like, how corny, how corny is it? Like, you it's have... Like, Arguably, the two best runs, okay, maybe not Seth Rollins, but Becky Lynch's run yeah. was just, like, it was something we haven't seen in a while. And now, like, that it's come to this, it's just, I can't really fathom what, why. And why Lacey? I, that's still, like, you look at, like, all the co- like the competitors, and now this the fact that there's no really brand split. Why Lacey? Well, I'm look like, like, <laughs> I don't look I don't look at her, but, like, Why? Why do you have to pair Lacey and Baron together? <laughs> That's the two worst pairings I've ever seen. I feel like Vince was just back there and like, okay, get me the guy with the most heat and the girl that no one likes. And we'll pair them together and we'll face them against the two biggest baby faces. Man. Like it looks cool on paper, cause, but like no one wants to see that play out. And it's very corny the last few weeks. The I'm fact- not watching the full shows for the first time in my life because I don't want to see... Same fucking program every single week. The thing with me that is the most upsetting is this is probably going to main event over AJ and Ricochet. 100%. And, like, when I I say that out loud, I, like, want to, like, just yak. I want to throw up because it's it's sad, man. It's actually sad. You remember their their emergence and everyone was, like, everyone was on the Becky train and everyone wanted to see Seth get the title. And then it finally happens and now it's, oh, my God, I don't want to see these two on my screen. So something's obviously got to change. Yeah. It's not even like 
they're the, they're great wrestlers, arguably the best. But when you start saying corny stuff and you're always together and you're always hugging and you're always lovey-dovey and like come on, like it, it's it's got to get to a point where they're both independent wrestlers. Just let them do their thing. Like Seth Rollins was low blowing people a couple like maybe a month ago, you know, hitting people with chairs. And now he's just always with Becky, side by side, hugging and kissing and loving. Like, <laughs> you can't be doing that if you're the top dog on Raw. Because Brock Lesnar was holding that title, and we didn't see it. Yeah. And to me, it feels arguably worse now that it's on the show and we have to see it like that. So at, at some point, get rid of the Universal title. Bring back the World Heavyweight title, please. That title is just... It's cursed. It's bad luck. Oh, my. One good reign. Kevin Owens. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. But let's talk quickly about that feud. Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler. Where do you see this feud really going? Do you see it really meaning anything in the long run? Uh, for Owens, yeah, because he's going to go over. Because Dolph and yeah. over just doesn't happen. <laughs> so this will be nice for KO to finally win a feud because he loses every feud and everyone still loves him because he's the man. So him and Dolph, yeah, it'll be a fun little match. And they're obviously both very good, but... I don't see people backstage looking at Dolphin saying, okay, this is the time because they've teased us. I don't know how many times they've teased us with Dolph. So. Well, I remember reading a couple months back, the rumored match for Extreme Rules was it was these two and Kofi in a triple threat. That was what I, that was what I heard before, but now we're getting Owens and Ziggler in a face versus heel. And I don't really know if I'm on the Kevin Owens face turn right now. But if it leads to like an IC title run or something like that, then I'm I'm all for it. But again, if there's a face that could face Brock Lesnar, it's probably Kevin Owens. That would be a good bet. So um, if that's looking in the long run. But again, I got to ask, what do you think Kevin Owens is doing at SummerSlam? I don't think they know that. No, I don't either. Maybe Sami Zayn, one-on-one. I think that's too weird. I would rather see that at WrestleMania. No, I don't like I don't want to see that. I don't like the turn either because I thought him and Zayn – yeah, they were so back together. Team. You know what's funny? When the when the turn first happened, I asked Collab. I'm like, okay, so Ziggler got attacked. Is Ziggler the is Ziggler the face? And he looks at me. He's like, no, like Owens is the face. I'm like, I don't know if I like that. It just randomly happened on SmackDown. Yeah. No explanation. No, no. nothing. Well, I know. Hit him with a stunner at the end of the match when that was it. Well, I know, I know, I know. At the beginning of the show, he was a lot more vocal. KO, like he was more vocal than. And then he went to heel. And then back to face again, and those are things you have to avoid. Oh, go. That's yeah. you don't want to flip flop. But yeah. this all started when he came back. Not he came. back. I remember it was in, February. Yeah, they put, put him, him in on. the feud with Kofi, and they're like, okay, he's obviously gonna fucking lose. And then when WrestleMania rolls around, he's not inserted into anything. That was At the least. It'll be the battle royal. Yeah. Was it Braun? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. I was thinking Matt Hardy. I'm like, oh. Now, here, Extreme Rules, is is it this Sunday or next Sunday? This Sunday? The 14th. Yeah. So <laughs> so this Sunday, um, do you think Bray Wyatt is really doing because they have to put him on TV? If not Extreme Rules, I think the night after. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I think next Monday he'll be there. Do you think you will see a Bray Wyatt-Alistair Black feud? I think that might be too soon, even though that's a good one. Because I don't know if Alistair Black's a heel or a face. There's talk of him facing Cesaro or Randy Orton. But <laughs> you don't know where they're going to go after that. So. Randy Orton. I <laughs> forgot he, about Randy Orton. If he comes out of that uh, acting more like a heel, we might not see that. Him and Bray Wyatt. 
I feel like right now he's a tweener. Like he's not a face or a heel. He's just kind of there, Alistair Black. I, I dig the promos, and I'm finally excited to see him go at it with someone. I don't think it'll be Bray because – Is Bray – do you think Bray will be a face? I have no fucking idea. I don't know either. I was thinking heel, but like – You don't know what thumb. Either way, it's a good fun house. But either way, like either of those guys can't lose. That's why I wouldn't do it. Yeah, no. Especially Bray right now. Yeah. <laughs> he can't lose. He can't. But again, it's WWE. They buried him his whole career. We'll see. Wait and see. Wouldn't be surprised. Not yeah. going to lie. I wouldn't be surprised if they had like a Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman. Just, just what? I, I, come on, like I could see it happening. Braun the face, Bray like the schizo heel. I could see it happening. He's I still, uh, still want to know who Braun pissed off that he's not. I know that's he's a, not Universal Champ by now. Wasn't it because he was late? Like he's late a lot or, or something? Or he, yeah. he would leave early. Well, his also, cues. yeah, his remember that that promo with Brock. Yeah, when, when he, for, he, for, yeah. he forgot his lines or something. And he was just he was just standing there like they clueless. Improvise in the back. Like what the hell are we doing? And then he has to go to the ring and just keep looking. Yeah, mean. That, that was awkward. What could have been two years ago? Now he's just been in limbo, and it's really sad because he is a fucking athlete. And every time I see him, he looks leaner and leaner. And like he used to be big. Now he's big and lean and scary looking. And they're not doing anything with him. And it's like why not? Don't feud him with Lashley. That's been all year. Don't feud him with Lashley. Is that finally done at Extreme Rules? Yeah, I think. Because they're going to go out one more time. time. Yeah. Like, please, end it. I know, like, what they did on <laughs> Raw. They made Lashley look dominant. They beat, beat the shit out of Ray, whatever. But, like, that's not going to do anything. I actually – okay, I appreciate what they tried to do for Bobby. But why did that have to be Ray? Yeah, because he went to All In last year. Remember that? Or two? Yeah, so that's why. You went to All In. We're going to just destroy you when you come back. So when you go back to AEW, but it makes no sense because he was feuding with Samoa Joe, and he had like uh, his his son involved so much, and he comes back and he's like a he just gets tossed around and like there's really no story like what what's there to develop with that with Ray and Bobby like if that's a feud I'm gonna kill myself, (laughs) awful. Neither can carry on the mic. But what are your thoughts on Ricochet AJ? I'm excited as hell for it. I love the heel turn. That was the one thing that. I, I've loved about the programming was they re-signed the club for five years and now they have AJ and they're all together again and I remember three years ago and we saw AJ and Roman going for it and they would you know insert themselves and then you had the Usos those matches were outstanding so I'm excited for AJ and Ricochet I think this should main event but it's the U.S. title so it's not I think Ricochet is going to retain yeah. there might be some DQ or something involved they're going to wrestle at SummerSlam AJ's going to probably take the title, and maybe you'll see the Intercontinental champ Finn Balor and AJ join forces with the club. I really want to, I just want to see a stable just yeah. take over, and it should have been those four for the last two years. It's like Vince just saw Gals and Anderson backstage and be like, oh shit, you guys work here? Oh, okay, you're with AJ tonight. See, like, you know what I would do now that you, you put this idea in my head? I would have... I, AJ win the U.S. title at SummerSlam, and I would have Finn Balor like retain his IC title, and they all come out together at the maybe not the end of the show, but I don't know, like because it's not going to end with the club. It's just not. You have all four of them come out, and they just two of them are the are the mid card champs, and then maybe you could have the bars the tag champs at some point. And that <laughs> would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah. With this whole wild card thing, I would have the double turn. Have Shinsuke and Finn Balor wrestle. 
at SummerSlam. And then just out of the blue, you see the club come out and make it look like they're going to... Like, what are these guys doing out here? They attack Shinsuke, and at the end of the match, you see them all just posing together and looking at Shinsuke, the double turn. Finn's a dominant heel on SmackDown. AJ Raw, the club, wherever the hell they go, because it's a wild card rule. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone is relevant yeah. again. It's slowly starting to die, though. Because, yeah. like, they don't even mention anymore. Thank like, God. oh, this is the first wild card superstar, because, like, it's half the fucking yeah. brand jumps. <laughs> We're starting to get there now. Yeah, like, I really don't... Um... I don't. I don't see it as like a, a brand split anymore. So they can just show up. Yeah, I just. I just feel does. like. I feel like if Finn Balor really wanted to, he could be with AJ every night on Raw if he really wanted to. I could just see it like that. Like I'm surprised. I don't know if that was pitched, but like when you look at those four and like there's an That's obvious insane. connection. Like That's how do you not think to put them together in some sort of way? I feel like maybe they they want to, but they maybe they want to save it for something more special maybe like if one of them like was in like a wwe title match and then you have them come out but like again like they like he was universal champion and aj was champ for a while they easily could have done it already and they haven't so i don't know why they haven't really pitched that but that is a great idea and that's an idea that wwe should be doing and i heard that vince mcmahon is coming to grips that wwe has to change and Thank God. Only took 10 years. But. Yeah, you only have Shane McMahon on TV every week. Every show, too. SmackDown and Raw. He takes up so much time. He's the best <laughs> in the world. He has to. So now that we're going to SmackDown, I want to just conclude. This has been a long podcast. But, again, we've had a couple uh, – we've had a couple um, – what's it called? People have bothered us. Fucking <laughs> – oh, my God. What are your thoughts on Kofi Kingston's run and – who is going to end it? Is it Brock? Shane. Yeah, it's Shane. You think Shane's going to win the belt? Yeah. We were kind of joking about it maybe a month ago. So we've been doing a lot of hockey and basketball. But uh, I just look at the way Shane's been booked every week since he's, I don't know, stuff with the Miz, I guess. He's on consistently for half an hour on both shows. He takes up so much time. He doesn't lose. I just feel like he's the next guy to slide into that spot. And win. And win. And then Brock cashes in. Hopefully, please. Mate. Oh, shit. Enjoy SummerSlam, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get Undertaker and Drew. Oh, That's man. fun. I think I might just get a Drew McIntyre shirt just for that day and just keep the whole match. <laughs> Fuck you, Taker. <laughs> get out of here, man. You're old. Washed man. up. That's gonna be a rough. You know? Match. Do you know why he uh, chose Drew? Do you, do you know the reason? Because apparently he was so embarrassed with his Goldberg match, he thinks he could bounce back by facing Drew. I think he should look at some smaller guys that he can Pick maneuver up. around the ring. <laughs> Not Drew McIntyre. That's a big fellow. <laughs> if you could barely lift Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg hitting his head backstage on a door. That's like, come on. You're in your 50s, hitting your head on the field. Come on, it's either Shane or Brock, potentially. What year are we in? Uh, 2001. All right. No. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand why Shane has to think SmackDown. I don't even know if I do that because isn't Brock still part time? Yeah, of money. They're gonna say Brock, just come here. We're gonna give you this amount. They'll drop him to Drew Gulak. He's, you give him the money, he'll fly over, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell is next for Seth Rollins then? <laughs> I don't know. Like, is he like in line for a heel turn? He needs it badly. Yeah. 
badly if uh, if Brock's gonna be on SmackDown. Like Seth, like needs a heel turn. I like the what you were saying before when he was rocking people with chairs and like the badass baby face would work for him. I don't understand why he has to rely on Becky so much. Just, yeah, not anything to avoid what yeah. he's doing now with the corny. Yeah, this is my man. We're both champions. Yeah, no, like, don't. Eh. Yeah, uh, just don't, don't, don't bring that up. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, we're going to SummerSlam. We're going to enjoy it. Uh, Roman Reigns right now does not have a match. At least it's like we don't really know what the program is moving forward. Now that we know that Drew McIntyre is facing Undertaker at May, at a SummerSlam, are we going to get Roman Reigns versus Shane if Shane is not involved at a in the in the WWE title picture? I don't. The I, thing I, was can't, like I can't. I can't see. I can't see Roman facing anyone. Like I'm looking at like because he's on Smack SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I can't really see him feuding with anyone. I think Undertaker Drew might be held off for Mania. No, I I thought that was SummerSlam. I thought that was like confirmed, like it's it's happening. Yeah, who knows? If they do that, Roman versus Goldberg. Because <laughs> oh Goldberg God. wants a do over. Maybe this time he won't be so irresponsible to hit his like hit his head on the damn door at the Scotiabank Arena and knock himself out. Like go to the ring alert so you can at least have a like three like passable matchup, three to five minute entrance. Don't go ten minutes because you're concussed. Go to the <laughs> ring. Five minute match, like you had uh, Brock Lesnar go with Roman, spear each other around the ring a couple times, and that's it. You know what I've heard? Uh, rumblings for uh, for SummerSlam, and you're gonna—I don't know if you're gonna like it or hate it. Daniel Bryan versus John Cena has been rumored, or John Cena versus Roman Reigns has been rumored for SummerSlam. You know what they can do instead of bringing old people back? <laughs> they have a little system down there. It's called NXT. And usually guys get called up and then you deem them as the future of the company instead of bringing guys out of Hollywood who have wrestled fucking two times in the last two years to say, hey, face one of the best guys in the world at one of the main pay-per-views. Yeah. It'll draw money in, but it'll be shit. Yeah. That's literally what, what, what's going down. I mean, I know they've, they've relied on Cena so many times, but it's getting to the point now where he's literally, he hasn't wrestled at all. Like, like he used, uh, what was it, 2015 was like his last full year, technically? Yeah. Or 16? Yeah. Was 16? Yeah, 16. 15 was the U.S. title stuff. Okay, so no, definitely not 15. It was 16, <laughs> I think. 16 maybe was his last full year, and then after that he was like, ah, I'm done. So him coming back, again, like I hate it. I, I don't really see why Cena has to come back. He doesn't. We have Andrade not doing anything. Bobby Roode not doing anything. A lot of guys not doing anything. Um, I, I personally would probably have... Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. That's what I would want to see. I, I want to see those two go at it. I honestly like think think back to the the start of the year, the NXT call ups. Oh man! Like, which one have they hit on? Because they keep bringing guys up and they just kind of get shoved to the side, and then they have to bring all these old timers back for some reason. It doesn't really make any sense. The biggest hit has been Balor, probably from the start of this year, though. Heavy machinery, maybe? Um, even game. them, they were kind of slow out the gate. Lars Sullivan's injured. EC3, EC3 there's no one to be found. Yeah, I, don't, I, really, I really don't know, man. I'm not even kidding. Ricochet may be the best one. Maybe. Yeah, yeah sure, Black, probably. too. And that's, to me, that's actually surprising. Because I didn't think he would yeah. be like the 
the biggest priority because it's just the way things work. It's the future. You call them up and then they take over slowly. Like I've I, I've said this discussion with Collab and I think I've had it with you. If they, if Adam Cole gets called up and he gets like the Bobby Roode treatment or like anyone of that caliber, I will stop watching because that guy <laughs> literally has everything. And if you're gonna call a guy up like that. He's just going to take his talent somewhere else. And it's happening with – like Sasha Banks has not been on TV for a very long time because she's unhappy. She'll be there Sunday, I think. Yeah, they kind of hinted at it on Raw. Yeah, you're going to have what? uh, Bailey and Sasha and then Nikki and Alexa? I think she turns (laughs) on uh, Bailey after the match. And that's what we're going to see at SummerSlam. Sasha Bailey for the title. I'm down for that. That'll make up for a few things. That would. That would make up for a few things. Nikki Cross and Alexa probably go for the tag titles that have never been defended on programming. I don't know. Raw, SmackDown, NXT that they said they were going to go all over WWE's. Uh... Can I be honest with you? I actually forgot. I'm not. I, I forgot that there was a tag title for the women. Fucking barely featured. Yeah. I don't blame you. Why did they drop the titles to those two if they're not going to even be involved? I really don't. They just like at that point, just give it to Nia Jackson Tamina at that point because they're not fucking doing shit. It's like even uh, they they made Oscar and Kyrie Sane a team. It was out of nowhere, but you look at it and you're like, okay, like they're both amazing and they can do something, and they're not on SmackDown because Shane takes up half an hour. <laughs> so like you move one step forward, you take two steps back, and that's the way it's kind of been going. So with that being said, let's hope that Extreme Rules is fun. SummerSlam will be fun. Hopefully there's not a lot of old timers there because we just had Nostalgia Mania not too long ago. So let's hold off on Goldberg and Cena and all these guys for now. And, you know, one guy we haven't even mentioned today, Andrade. Yeah. Him, I loved seeing him and Zelina facing Seth and Becky because, like, he's on that caliber. He is like a Seth Rollins to me. He could carry the company easily. It's too bad they made him lose, though. Yep. To the, yeah. the it couple of WWE, the power couple. I'll never forget when he when they did the brand split and remember when he faced Finn Balor and he won. And I was like, here he comes. <laughs> and then nothing. And then they move him back to SmackDown. Same with Shinsuke. When he, when he faced AJ at Mania, won the Rumble, I'm like, here it comes. And nothing. And I could say a lot about everyone else that's just, oh, oh nothing. The good thing, though, about <laughs> Extreme Rules, it's the night after AEW's event. So now AEW is going to set the bar for the weekend and hopefully WWE. I'm telling you right now, if you are WWE fans and you are expecting something similar to AEW, you're going to be disappointed. So that's just, that's it. It's going to be a nice comparable for next week. I just hope MJF (laughs) soon wins the AEW title. (laughs) I fucking love that guy. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's it for this week. Make sure to follow us on all our stuff, YouTube, Spotify, wherever a lot of different stuff so make sure to tune in next week and uh, hopefully uh hopefully we'll talk more about wrestling next week but in a positive light and give us a five-star review there it on is itunes boom